I'm Donald Trump, and I love Alabama sportsmen. Come in, sit down, and listen to all hunting, all fishing, and all outdoors. If you get your feelings hurt when animals die, this isn't the show for you. Broadcasting from the Appalachian Mountains in Northeast Alabama, it's the Alabama Sportsman's Podcast. And here's your host, Jamie Sparks. On today's episode, we travel to the land of giant bucks, Coleman County, and sit down with a giant slayer, Michael Perry. As most people have already heard, Michael has killed the new muzzleloader state record buck, coming in at 195 and 6 eighths inches. He was gracious enough to come out of the mountains with his wife, Kathy, and invite us into his home to talk. He is a very humble man that has a lot to be proud of. And this episode is going to be cut short because Michael and his wife, Kathy, had to go back to the mountains. They're hunting in Black Warrior management area. So they, they, they came out, sat down with us, and now they got to go back. They just come back to do this. And I, I just, I can't thank them enough for doing it. They're very great people, very humble people. And I tell you, they just, they're, they're our kind of people. So uh, sit back and enjoy this. It, it is a great show. Well, me and Heath drove all the way up to Coleman, Alabama, and we had to have a uh, guide service to get us up here because if you're trying to find this man, you, you can't find him. I don't think the GPS knows where he lives. <laughs> it's like Heath says, he's a true mountain man, and a lot of a lot of people know who you are. Uh, it's uh, Michael Perry. He just killed a, a once-in-a-lifetime buck, and I say that, well, we say a once-in-a-lifetime buck, but he's done it multiple times, as you can see on some of the video we got, and uh, he, he's, he's one accomplished hunter, and uh, I just say one accomplished sportsman. Uh, Michael, thanks for inviting us into your home. Kathy, thank you for letting us come into your home, your beautiful very home. Oh, you're welcome. very welcome. We appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, I just want to first of all start. Uh, a lot of people have heard you talk about all your deer. Uh, They've they seen you on social media, and uh, I, I know they, a lot of people have already seen seen the deer. But I want you to go ahead and tell everybody what you have done in the past couple of weeks, what you what you killed. <laughs> well, I've killed a, a what they tell me is a state record, you know, Alabama buck with a muzzle loader in 196 and and, and three eighths. That's what Alabama whitetail records got, and uh, that's not what I was aiming to do. And I was shocked when they told me when they first scored him. But uh, he was a buck I was after last year. He was probably a 160 inch then, but I was hoping he was alive this year, and then. Didn't really know it until after I got pulled the camera cord after I killed him that he had come by on October 17th. But, but he was an impressive buck, and it was basically timing worked out great. Where I, the first time I went in, he come by following a buck, you know, about a, five minutes behind him, and I was able to take him with my loader. So it's been a whirlwind since then, you know, with the phone calls and, and scorings, and we had to skin him out for a full body mount and just a bunch of stuff, and then trying to trying to go do some other hunts and stuff and it's been we've been busy and uh, this will be a second podcast and some other phone calls and stuff magazine articles uh, so it's, but it's i mean the buck deserves it it's not really about me it's about the buck because he's a he's a very special buck to, for him to make it to that age and that size and in alabama on public land is you know it's impressive you know big non-typical you don't really see that many non-typical bucks killed on public land so it's pretty cool that my brother had killed one, you know, several years back. You know, it's eighteen point two that you know scored one eighty in a different manner there, but it's a big old non typical, and then mine's a big non typical. So the other bucks I killed were you know real, real good typical bucks. So, but I'm, I'm blessed, and I'm and I'm I'm happy to be doing these things, and um, 
I got a, a good supporter, my wife, that helps me do these things, and she's behind me all the time, and then going with me and, and helping us out a lot. And we're trying to get her on one now, so she's actually the first one of us to see a 190 out in the woods, and uh, just she wanted to watch it go by and didn't want to shoot it. She's like, I want to let it get to a 200 inch, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what were you thinking, Daddy? <laughs> it was my first year with a crossbow, and I watched him come off the ridge with a female. And then he gave me a back shot, and I just wouldn't take it. And so I just sat there and watched him, and I'm like, man, what have I done? Yeah. But he was actually bigger than the one that Michael's got laying over in the oh floor. Goodness. Public land book. Pu public land. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And I think about that every day. And I was looking. Michael does a journal. And uh, I was sitting and reading it, and I said, can you believe that's been seven years? Mm. And it was like yesterday. It just yeah. plays all over in your head again. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, but I can say I actually seen one. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen I've one. Never, I've never seen a deer that big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, your 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 brother also killed one. What did it score? One one eighty and eighth. One eighty yeah. and eighth. Yeah. Golly, I mean that's that's just bucks that. <laughs> I mean, you go out west or you go up in Canada and places like that to kill deer like this. Yeah, and to hope you get one like to that. To hope you. Know. you that's yeah. right. That's Most right. people don't. Most people shoot the first one forty. They say you in places or something. You know. That's right. The 140 in Alabama is a, you know, most people in Alabama won't kill one in Alabama that big. So nope. But yeah, he's he's very impressive, and my brother deer is very impressive. So it's, I mean, we're just blessed, and we we're hard after it when we do it. And you know, he's in Georgia right now, hunting wide open. So we're, matter of fact, man, he'll be meeting in December and go to Oak Mogie for a muzzleloader hunt. So we do that every year. So it's a family thing, kind of. We've been doing it since we're kids. Both of us have served time in the military, so we lost you know more time where we didn't get to hunt and stuff and and he's still in the army uh wrapping his career up he's been in the past 21 years now so but but he's hunting on some of them army base land and stuff over there public lands so. but like i say we'll meet again in in uh december and, and trying to get something good with the muzzleloader down there if not we'll get some meat for sure we're gonna have fun so yeah. we, when when you killed this buck did you call him up and say nan and boo boo i got one bigger than you did <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> They asked me about it, and I, I said, I'll call him when I when I get the score, and I did, and uh, he was happy. So yeah. I never thought I'd get one that big. I, I was wanting to, like my dad killed a 14-point, you know, the biggest one I've killed was a 10-point, and I was I was hoping one day I'd get over the 10-point line, and, that, and uh, I finally did, and he's a nice one. So. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, um, now – was, was did you kill the deer, like, just in a travel corridor or on acorns or in a – yeah, it's uh, a travel corridor. It's a travel corridor slash funnel above a creek crossing. That he had, they had crossed a creek at some point in time. That that's um, a pretty good distance from where I was hunting at, and was heading up to a a blowdown area or a thicker uh, laurel right. bush area with possibly to to bed in. That's what I'm assuming they were doing. So do you do you find these mountain deer? They like to bed in the laurel thickets and the thickest stuff they can find most of the time. But where they can see in front of them, they got some something hard to their back mostly and it's either on like a secondary point or or an old logging road that's flat where they can see out below them where they can escape or see anything coming below them and uh you, there's no it's almost impossible to get to them without them knowing you're you know you'll get on them but uh, how do you get to them then? you don't you just gotta try i don't i don't try to tell you, you know, <laughs> I, I mean that's what i want to know so so, how, how you do you just, get to them like so this <laughs> book I, I pretty much guessing and figured that by trail camera pictures last year that there would be three or four days in the daylight in November that I would have a chance. You know, I just had to spend time and hopefully not mess the area up too bad where I, he would, I'd catch him coming through. And that's pretty much how I hunt 
anyway is is during a certain time of the year when the rut or pre-rut starts going that's when i concentrate on my key areas on travel corridors and staying high above above where i'm hunting because in uh, where i hunt the mountains or hills or stuff the thermals is kind of the biggest thing to help you if you're on the bottoms where the wind blows it, it, it ricochet effect and it, you'll send up your area pretty quick right. so I, I try to stay above them do you come in from the top usually on them or i mean most of the time but i'm always most of the access um you it's like the old turkey hunting tactic you just try to if you're trying to move on a turkey you're trying to keep something between you to keep the sound like dirt between you and the animal to to, to stop them from hearing any having any sound to affect them or whatever so either i'm doing a side coming from a side ridge and coming over hunting a shelf or or a point or whatever then right. uh or if I have to come use a, I don't want to access a bottom where they might be at, but if I have to use a, a bottom to walk a creek and then pop over a ridge right. to hunt an area, I, I will do that. So, But I don't I don't generally want to be walking through a bottom at night where I think they could be at because, you know, they go to them bottoms a lot during the night because they'll, they'll have their big community scrapes and stuff like that and them bottoms where a bunch of funnel areas come together and they're, they're lollygagging around doing that or feeding on the white oaks and stuff in the bottoms. So I don't want to walk through them areas, so I'm trying to, I don't want to cross any trail or anything. I think a buck might be coming through at any time. I don't. If I can help it, I don't want to know I'm there. I don't mess with cameras, you know, during the season very little. And then I just try to do the sneak approach. So. Right. So if you were like going to hunt a saddle or something, I'm sorry. If you're going to hunt like a saddle or something, you'd go up and around and drop in right. to it instead of like going up the ravine or whatever was leading up to right. it. I just pop over on it if I'm going to do something right. like that. If I'm hunting the side of a ridge, come from the other side or something like that, I don't want to be on the same side that they're traveling, period. Right. So. I got you. So how far are you usually traveling? I mean, you're traveling miles back in these forests, right? Most of the time it's over a mile. So not all the time, but the, most of the time the big boys that I've killed is, is over a mile. So. And when I say traveling, this is not by bicycle. or This is by no, boot traffic. Yep. Me and my wife both. I'm carrying her <laughs> up to three quarters mile. Maybe sometimes she's a mile, then I'll go another thirty minutes or whatever. I don't really know how far, but it's a pretty good way. So it's going through stuff you can't even imagine. Yeah, I don't just, even think how <laughs> an animal walks through it. It's it's, it's rough. So, <laughs> right. so we were talking earlier and uh, offline here, and uh, you were saying that you know when you killed that big buck, you had to drag him for a long ways, and he was over two hundred pounds, and you drug him by yourself because you didn't want you know anyone to kind of know where you're at how do you keep your card so close to your your chest you know when you when you when you're hunting to keep people from finding out okay there's his truck you know let's hunt where he is how do, yeah, how do you that's i we used to get a vehicle pretty regular but i've quit doing that now i'm, I'm getting later on in life where i don't want to be messing with no vehicle payments and stuff so right. if, if it happens it happens but we have a few that try to to do that and uh it's not been an issue yet, you know, but I've, we've had a, we've had a few situations, but I'm not really worried about that. I just I still hunt, and you can, I mean it didn't help it didn't hurt me none this year. So I mean, we've had it pretty hard for the last couple of years, you know. And a lot of people are kind of I don't can't, I can't say a lot, but I've had some negative comments about talking about it that much, and people saying it's going to hurt them or whatever. But I don't I don't worry about it. I'm just promoting the public land and and want people to enjoy it and see that you can get a deer like that if you if that's what you want to do. I don't say you have to hunt trophy bucks. You you take whatever you want. What makes you happy? If you're just food hunting, that's fine. So, but I'm just trying to promote it and um, and that's what I feel you everybody should do. But you got some negative people, but that's all right. It's well, problem. it's like you were saying earlier. You know, y'all been hunting all week and 
Y'all are the only ones in camp. Yeah, right I mean, now. <laughs> if y'all are hurting it so bad, where's all the hunters? Right. You know? They're at home. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and the rut and the rut has started, and there's, there's no, not right now, there's not a tent, there's not a camper, there's not anything. There was a few earlier, but there's nobody right now, and this is prime time. So. Yeah. And, and like I said, I was talking to you earlier, most people are going to come, they're going to hike back in there, and if they don't find what they want to find or if they don't kill a deer or see a deer, that's – they're done. They're not. Yeah. I mm -hmm. mean, they're not ever probably coming back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, you can sit out there a week and not see anything. And if you're looking for a lot of visible sign now, that you're kind of late in the game because most of the visible sign has already been made and the leaves are falling now like crazy. You're not. Uh, the scrapes are covered up. They're done quit. They're quit doing much of the scrape making now. They're they're looking for does. You know, they'll smell a scrape or walk by it and smell if anything's used it. So, but as far as that sign, fresh rubs, you might see a fresh rub now, but it. Most of them's already been made, and they're, right. they're, they're, I've seen two bucks the last two mornings that I hunted, and both of them just dead walking, you know, had their heads bobbing, looking, smelling, mm -hmm. and never stopped to eat anything. They're just cruising around. So all the, all the, if you're hunting sign right now, the only sign you can look for to help you is tracks and droppings and to figure out if they're fresh and get some direction to travel. So. Yeah. Do you use any calls or anything, any scent when you're? I always got a grunt call with me, and I always got a can call, and, I'm a big fan of misting type scents, extra scents and stuff at certain times. So, you know, if a wind breeze is blowing, I like giving a shot or two of that every now and then, so every hour or so. And the tendon grunts, well, before after a can call, just a uh, three or four series of burps, burp, 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 turning your head, you know, stuff like that. Nothing real loud, you know. Right. Every now and then I might rattle or something, but I'm not a big fan of that because I can't hear that good. And rattling, I've been busted more mature bucks rattling because they, they they always circle and sneak and it's i don't hardly ever hear them so it's hard for me to do that a young guy that can hear good and the proper setup where you've got you know you need, you need to be in some thick cover and if you could have a decoy but that'd be hard and on public land but something that that they're looking for because they're looking for a deer and it's got to be the right setup for that to me but right the travel corridors and stuff i feel like i don't have to do that you know the grunting and stuff will help you know it, that's because you're not going to bother deer like that so but i'll, I'll do that so Heck yeah. Well, Kathy, uh, when you, when you go hunting, I mean, what it, I mean, it, it's a it's a long hike where you're going, and it, and it's it's a lot of lot of work, and a lot of men, I mean, don't, don't want to do it. How do you do it? How do you, how do you keep up with this man? And this man right here, I, I don't see. <laughs> I wish I had a picture to show you of her, because when she gets ready, she's got her harness on, she's got a grunt call already hanging, a set of binoculars hanging. Then all the clothes that pretty much she's going to wear, maybe she's got one on her backpack. And her backpack, <laughs> she'll start out early season with a fanny pack. But when it comes gets serious, she's got her backpack, and she's got that thing loaded. She'll have horns stuck in the back of it, you know, yeah. drunk hogs, or scent, phrase, bottle, water, a cup of, a bottle of coffee because she's carrying coffee I'm with her. I'm carrying coffee, Matrice. You got to have so, it. You know. I do a lot. She's got to have coffee. But she's set up to go. I wish I had a picture to show you. But it's, it's, yeah, she, she's late. ready, and she's hardcore. So, I mean, she's at it. So, and she's right behind me the whole time. So. Yeah, we were leaving the truck, and he said, I won't take a picture. I said, no, you're not. And it set up. <laughs> I mean, I had so much stuff on going in. was good, but coming out, I was taking taking it off. Right. I mean, that, I was burning up. <laughs> that far of a hike and stuff, going back in the mountains, are y'all using, remember I told you I just bought those new boots. Do y'all use those slip-ons? Are y'all using leather boots, hiking boots? Or what are y'all using? I use muck boots. Muck boots. Y'all yeah. just using muck boots? Mm -hmm. Muck boots. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a most comfortable ones to me. I've been out in Wyoming and be, wear hiking boots and hike for seven or eight miles, and 
feet be hurting so bad, I'll wear muck boots the next day and hike them, and my feet won't be as sore. They're I'll just more comfortable. So, so well, that, that's that's something you don't ever hear right there because a lot of people are right the opposite. Mm. That's yeah. awesome. They're, they're yeah. a little bit heavier, but to me, they're just more comfortable. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing I was going to ask you is uh, finding these deer. What do you look for to start putting your? I mean, which I big sign big tracks where they're crossing the creeks or yeah anywhere you can find tracks is to me there's two things that won't lie about the deer size it's tracks and and droppings you right. know the rubs is you can't tell or even unless you see the deer so right i try cutting tracks by most of the time drainages somewhere where there's sand or right. creeks and whatever and then find a big track and then you know which way it's going so you can look at topos or arrow photos whatever and kind of get an idea of what you think they're doing and you can go and the best time to do that for to actually make a plan is after deer season, but right. when the leaves are still off, because you can you can see a lot of stuff and 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 find thicker areas that most people miss, that are, are that are visible, you know, from 150 yards away because there's no leaves that you right. where you can see these mm -hmm. places that don't show up on topo maps. So, but tracks, finding tracks to to concentrate on a big boy after season, because most time after season when you find a big track, you're in this core area. So you've got an idea within a half a mile of where he's living at. So, right. so yeah. you get out there and put a lot of, lot yeah. of, a lot of spring time. Yeah, a lot yeah. of spring time. Miles we'll, me and her go camp and uh, on our anniversaries in April, and uh, we'll camp and turkey hunt and go scouting and shed hunting. Yeah, right. after that, so we we'll do a lot. So, yeah, uh, we stay out there for about a week. Yeah. yeah. So. I said camo during the day and dress at night. Yeah. <laughs> my, my wife, she loves to hike, but she always wants to stay on the pin hoardy and the the trails. I'm like, well, uh, we're hiking scouting's that. hiking. You we know just, what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> we just take we just take off and hit a holler or something and yeah. ridges and and go and uh, where we we'll yeah. have to use a a GPS or or Onyx to get back. You know, right. just yeah. You don't worry about staying on a trail. You're going trying to right. you know find something that nobody That's else right. knows about or, or find it. something kind of secluded. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you actually uh, was talking about earlier. You hit the lottery when you when you met her. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you got you got a woman to support you and do what you like to do, and yeah. right done, there with you the whole way. We've done it a lot. We like talking about going to Wyoming. We've got to Wyoming early and both season, and there won't be a soul there. You won't see nobody for a week. You'll have the hunters flying there and they'll hunt, do whatever they're gonna do, get tired, and they'll be gone. We're still there a week after, still scouting <laughs> around, shed hunting. And going and seeing a few sites you can see, and just just relaxing, and we don't kill whatever we need to kill, and but doing some you know some scouting for the next time we come, just yeah. learning the areas and stuff. And that's something that I kind of preach is you find your area that that you know it's kind of a producer of good deer, or whatever, and then pick out a mile area or two mile area, and learn how they travel it, find every every line where pines meet hardwoods, and or hardwoods meet cut over, or any kind of edges or different diversities, you know. You know, a habitat inside a habitat or something like that, and anyway, and then, then learn learn how the deer are using it, and then uh, go from there, and then learn how you can access it without interrupting the deer or interfering with them. We're sitting here in in uh, Michael's home and his in his uh, uh, trophy room here. He's got animals from all over America. You got antelope, mule deer, moose, and bears. So. When, you, when you're hunting all over uh, in all these different places, do you find that the game are typically the same way they, where they use the terrain and where they use, uh, you know, the cover and all? Or are they they're usually all about the same? You can learn a lot by what, going hunting different animals, how they use it, how they, how some of them will use their eyes more like an antelope. An antelope can see something, say, a mile away <laughs> to keep their distance from you and versus their ears where a mule deer can hear 
something four or five hundred yards away and, and to use that for their advantage and, and the way they bed or with side is, is, is pretty neat too and, and how they use you know drainages and stuff like that it just gives you a different idea how to hunt bears i've watched brown bears the way they they'll will walk with the wind to their back and circle the area and turn around and get the wind in their nose and zigzag through uh, cutovers and stuff like that looking for you know moose or baby moose whatever and they have a hunting strategy that's pretty neat and then well, I'm, you know, I'm, that's the second thing I love doing versus deer hunting is hunting bears, and you know, especially the big ones in, in Alaska, because it's watching them animals do what they do and how they what they got to do to survive. And then you're trying to hunt them, and you're living you're living in their house and doing it. And it's you know, it's, it's a re real neat experience, and so I just love doing all of it. Is it a little scary, a little nerve wracking at the same time? It don't bother me. It, it's it's pretty amazing because I'll tell them them guys when I get there because you're in a tent, and you're getting flown out by bush plane. Like when I went to the Arctic, you're you're if you're six hours by plane to get to a hospital, something happens to you. It's three hours from to come get you if you know after you get a hold of them, or whatever. So if you can get a hold of them, and uh, three hours back. So I don't, I tell them I said I can sleep through a tornado. Once I go to sleep in this tent, the bear's going to put his feet on my chest to wake me up. So it's up to you to keep me alive because it don't bother me. I'm not. I've never been scared of them. It's just I, I like doing it. I understand them and respect them. So. And I enjoy trying to do it. They're the ultimate predator, but they got to be controlled because they eat a lot of, they eat a lot of, you know, baby moose and stuff like that. So you got to kind of keep it controlled, like, like controlling coyotes and stuff here. And the mountain lion hunts the same thing. They was telling me a mountain lion will eat a deer a week, wow. you know, or a, or a elk a week. You know, that's yeah. that's a lot of animals. You yeah. get, you know, you get too many on either side of the other. Then, you know, you're gonna have a problem. You get that's stuff. right. And, and a lot of people who don't hunt you know or or in, in our circle or in our world they don't understand that they think we're just out here just murdering and just be murdered right. and, and it's not it's like it's like trapping or or, or hunting you know it, it's all about control right. and when you can control your population you you get what you kill mm -hmm. you you get a better population a healthier population and and we're the first in comfort uh, uh conservation hunters are right. mm -hmm. we're the first we are and we are the because most people that think that they're donating to PETA and all that and most people not they're not putting most of them organizations you know i'm not i could be wrong most of their organizations are not putting money toward the habitat or the nope. the help of them animals they're putting money and fighting trying to take hunting away from you they're not trying to actually help the animals that's right so the population kind of needs to be controlled because you know a hunted bear population is a healthier population because if you take out a certain number of mature boars, you're helping the younger bears live because they'll eat cubs, they'll eat any any exactly bear smaller right. than them. I mean, just to survive, and that so you gotta and plus all the other animals they eat. So there's a there's a number that the biologists work on to, to keep things stable, and then and, and to and a lot of that is uh, money is monetized. You put a price on these animals, you know, for people to have hunts and stuff like that. So you're helping people, with, you know for jobs and stuff there's right. more to it than that you know say other places where you, they gotta, gotta have a predator problems coming in the neighborhood killing cats and your dogs or you're harassing people like that and the conservation people or the police people have to come out there and and, and kill this animal or move this animal and you're not being able to hunt it in that area i mean if you were hunting them in that area somebody be getting money off of it and the money would go to conservation to support these animals or not you're paying the police department to come and get them and they're going to take them out and kill them or you know get rid of them there so you're not you're not getting anything out of that so that's right exactly right and the, and the carcass usually ends up in a dump somewhere yeah the animals are waste you know yep. you demonetize something like that and, it, and you're just hurting it so yep it, it becomes no of no value and uh the animal suffers right. it, yeah. it's, it's not the people it's the yeah. animal yeah that's right
Man, look, it, it's, it's I know this is going to be a short podcast, and we've done one with you before, and uh, we've, we've been here a little bit long because we come to your house and we've done some videoing and stuff and talk with you. And I know it's getting late, and y'all got things to do. You got to go to work and all. But if you don't know who Michael Perry is, go follow him on social media. Uh, he is a man's man. He, he well, I say he's a machine. <laughs> the things that he does, and his wife is a machine. I mean, they're not they're not your average people. I mean, if you think you're bad and you think you're a hunter, yeah, yeah, you, you try to follow Michael Perry <laughs> and Kathy Perry because well, you're not going to do it. We're just people that love doing it. You know, we we do what we can to to make it happen. You know, we we go through a lot of rough stuff to get to, to it happen, so we'll do it. So. Hey, and he's not in his twenties. Not in his thir- he's not in his, he's in his fifties. Mm-hmm. And we and, just celebrated thirty years. 30 years of marriage. Mm-hmm. That. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah in April. And so we've been doing this. Our son's 29. So I think I'm going to say I started hunting with Mikey was probably five. Wow. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. I've been doing it ever since. I love it. I mean, this is this is the American dream right here. And y'all doing what you love. And on his neck, necklace right here, I know you can't see it. You can see it on the video. He's got two huge bear claws. Where where'd they come from? I made them. Yeah, she made the necklace, and one of them's an Arctic grizzly bear. The smaller one's Arctic grizzly bear claw, and then the other one's a you know, nine foot eleven inch brown bear claw. The, mm. big, the biggest. One's got I white. had to taxidermy to pull them, and then I brought them home and polished them. Wow. That's and then awesome. I made mine too. It's all I my bear. See yours. Okay. Do, do y'all yeah. wear those most of the time? Oh yeah. Quite a bit. I yeah. wear it all the time. I would too. <laughs> I would too. If I had one, if I killed a bear, I'd I'd wear it all the time. Proud of that. I always oh, yeah. wanted one. And Michael said, when you shoot a bear, then you'd have a claw. Yep. Well, when he got my bear back to camp, I said, pull me a claw. Yep. <laughs> Man, that's awesome. Man, I tell you what. They got me wanting a bear claw necklace. Me now. too. I tell you what, uh, I've met a lot of people in my time, and my kids can testify to that, But and my wife. But I tell you what, y'all are great people. Awesome. I love meeting y'all. I love y'all. I mean, love what y'all got to going on and, and what y'all have to say and, and what y'all stand for. Y'all are great people. and. I'm so glad we got to meet y'all finally. Well, we appreciate yeah, it a lot. We're glad y'all came out. Yeah. We enjoy doing these podcast stuff to help people and promote the hunting and the sport of it, you know, and in the family time like we're doing yes. as a family. Mm-hmm. So we need that to keep it going. So. That's the biggest thing right there. That's right. That's right. And trying to get people out public hunting. Yeah. You know, I'm just surprised this year there's not that many. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't understand it either. Last year was pretty busy due to COVID, I guess, but they, I don't really know why now. But unless it just they learned that it's a lot more work than they want to put into it. And the TV stuff has kind of bothered that a little bit, I think, as far as them, you know, field hunting and bait hunting and stuff like that. Right. But it, what we do is is it's not the easy way. It's 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 it be it could be tough. You know, I I've been seven days before daylight dark not see the dang deer, and you know, be frustrated. But you know, the next week you could see old big boy. So. All it took me was three hours on the first hunt to, to do that one. So three hours. That, yeah. yeah. That's another thing I was gonna ask you. I didn't mean to cut you off or whatever. Um, that when y'all go sit, do y'all usually sit from daylight till dark, or do you come out and meet and eat lunch? I always or? get her out at eleven if I'm morning hunting and evening hunts. You know, she go over dark. We have we got five dogs we carry with us too, so yeah. we take care of them. And she does half half a day either way. Sometimes morning, right. sometimes evening. And sometimes we'll go in at 8 or 9 o'clock and hunt to 3 or 4 or something like that just to break it up because you'll get a lot of midday movement at certain times, different weather changes and stuff like that. So I know we was trying to wrap this up, but I, I just come up with a good question here. So if, if you hunt in the evening or whatever, he, he's going by himself in the morning, do you know exactly where he's going to be? Not all, that, not all the time. So if something happens, he don't come back at a certain time, 
but you know how to get to I know about. about. Yeah, okay. I know about. That's great. And we got a oh, I do a hoot owl, mm-hmm. and that lets me know where he's at. He'll hoot owl back at me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most and I tell her if, if something bad happens, she can look on uh, have somebody go onyx and find all the stuff I got saved. She's not real keen on that just yet, but most of my places are saved on onyx. So like somebody could find me if I did in the woods. Or or her broke down. I don't want to say that. I, don't I mean, it could happen. You don't never. I tell That's her I said right. it could happen. I mean, if I don't come, I, I said you don't. I tell her how to get out, whatever. So, I mean, it could happen if things happen. So. And we well, got, and we got several good friends that know about, and all I'd have to do is get out and call. Yeah. And they would be there uh, just like that. My great granddad was hunting and died and had a heart attack in the woods. Wow. Mm. Yeah. And uh, we were. He was up on the. In the Talladega National Forest up there at the foot of Chihaw Mountain back in there. And, and uh, this was back during – my granddad was in uh, overseas during World War II. And uh, he, he died back in the mountains. And the guy that was with him, he, he, it was so far back in there he couldn't get him out. So he had to stay in the woods all night mm. while he come out. And they got rescued to come back. But, you know, he was uh, dead. But, well, that's yeah. sad. Yeah. I mean, sad. like you said, it could happen. It could happen. I mean, Anything could happen. So you just try to yeah. be prepared for it. So. That's I always thing. worry when I'm sitting up there in a tree and it's really dark. I'm like, good Lord, where's yeah. that headlight yeah, at? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. it'll be an hour after dark before I get to her. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Just it's a long walk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And the terrain, the terrain has a lot to do with the time coming yeah. out. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, i tell you what, I'm, I'm thank you all again for doing this with yeah, us. Thank and y'all. You're very welcome. We appreciate y'all coming yes, out. Sir. Good to see y'all. So Good to see y'all. And, and I just want to congratulate you one more time on your your buck, I mean, it's just, it's a fantastic buck. And Kathy, you gotta you gotta beat him. I know it. I gotta <laughs> get gotta out there. Him. I'm out there. I've been as many days as he. Has. Well, yeah. I've been every day that he has. So. Yeah. <laughs> Next time when he comes walking by, don't just take pictures or look at him and admire him. Shoot that thing. I know it. <laughs> well, I told Michael. I said, now that was my first year with the crossbow, and I just didn't want to make a bad shot. But That's then great. I go to Canada, and I shoot that big old bear there on the first night mm-hmm. with one shot. And I said, I won't I won't hesitate no more. Now, yep. now I know. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's good. Yeah, she's ready. Let him, let, let him come by. It's going to happen. I've been telling him, you wait. She's going to get one. That's going to be impressive. So. Yeah, it's going to be impressive. Get, I got a feeling she is. Yeah. It's cool. like mine with my muzzleloader. You know, I let a spot walk by. And then 15 minutes here he come. I mean, he's not monstrous like Michael's, but to me, he's, you know, he's oh, nice. Great you know? buck. And yeah. with being four, a muzzle. Four and, half, four and a half year old deer. I mean, that's a good deer anyway. Yeah. Anywhere in Alabama. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was tickled. Michael didn't even know I shot, you know, because we had to put tape over our barrel because we went in after the rain. Right. And then he come to me, and I'm grinning like a possum, of course. And <laughs> <laughs> he looks, and I was like, <laughs> I was pointing. <laughs> yeah. No, I so. bet you was happy for her, wasn't you? Oh, yeah. 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 That's impressive. She don't, because you don't normally ever have any miss or anything. Whenever she pulled the trigger, most of the time we got, we got some dragging right. to do or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's when the work begins, That's isn't right. It? So. That's right. That's good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to get out of y'all's hair, and thank y'all so much yeah. for having us. Oh, we appreciate it. Thank y'all.